Okay. Uh, welcome back to the Happiest Sad Person podcast. Um, today I have a guest that's uh, outside my norm, but I'm very, very excited to have her. Um, you're gonna have to correct me again because I feel like I am going to mess up your name again. I swear I have a goldfish memory. Kali, correct? Kali, okay. I I do this constantly with names, but this is going to be uh, an experience. But okay, uh, so so happy to have you with us. You are from Perth, Australia, which is you know very uh, far away from my, where I'm at currently. And it is what eight eight p.m. your time? Yes, that is correct. Okay, and you I you had, I don't remember how we first interacted you maybe had reached out on instagram or maybe i have i don't remember but um you are a psychologist and a clinical hypnotherapist is that the correct terminology yes that is absolutely correct and i am whenever you had sent that i normally i would have been like oh that would be you know a cool guest i have a few people you know sort of on the dock but i find it so fascinating because I hypnotherapy is something that I did once when I was very young I don't really remember it which is maybe the point but um I just was like oh I I need to know more about this so on the psychology side because I'm assuming that's where you started what was sort of your inspiration to get into that field well I was I always had um this real interest in the subconscious part of the mind. Uh, there's something sort of quite mystical about it. So I had this fascination from a very early age as to what happens in dream states and what happens in semi-conscious states. And then when I was studying psychology, I actually had a first-hand experience with a hypnotherapist. Um, I was going through a particularly challenging time. I come from a family where, unfortunately, like many families, there was um, quite severe depression that my mum was going through and this impacted the family quite significantly. And I landed in the hands of a hypnotherapist and I had the most amazing results and so that really prompted me and sparked an interest and curiosity to learn and become really good at it so that that could be a technique I could apply uh, with my patients. So it came from my own healing journey. Mm, okay. That's so uh, you probably feel maybe a closer connection to whoever you're administering it to because you can obviously know the benefits for yourself because I'm assuming you initially went to someone. Can you perform hypnosis on yourself? Uh, you can absolutely do self-hypnosis. Um, it's easier though if someone teaches you an induction technique so that you can do it um, and they uh, they include something that's called like a hypnotic suggestion that it could be when you say a particular word associated with like a hand movement or something you will go into hypnosis um, so it's much easier if someone facilitates the process and then you do it on your own but um, at the end of the day hypnosis is just going into a different brain wave which we naturally go into throughout the day so um, it's it's a natural ability that the brain already has. It's just having the right intention and the right environment to create the space for it to be really healing and, and powerful. Mm, okay, that makes sense. Um, so usually what happens then is someone will see someone like you and then they'll get the skill set or the abilities or like that sort of like... Um, you know, drop in motion to sort of be able to do it on their own, essentially? Exactly, exactly. Okay. So depending on the clinical presentation of the patient, um, they may require a few sessions and quite a bit of work to eliminate uh, quite significant triggers or traumas that they're carrying in order for them to feel safe and confident enough to be able to use it as a technique and the, the main point 
Um, but a large proportion of the work is done in the therapeutic sessions. Hmm. Okay. And what do most people come to see you for whenever it comes to your patients in general, either side of the coin, your more traditional um, therapy or your um, hypnosis? Oh, I see such a wide variety of patients. So there's probably three main categories of patients that I see. Uh, the first category are people that are really, really struggling with uh, psychological issues such as depression, anxiety, um, they might have had uh, quite significant trauma in their life and it is causing significant limitations in most areas of their life and most likely they are managed by their general practitioner, their doctor um, and a lot of them have also um, the management of a psychiatrist. So that's a large proportion of people that I see that are really struggling with quite a few things. Um, then I would see a proportion of people that come to me specifically for pain management, mm. uh, chronic illness, um, and injury rehabilitation. So these are people that are mostly psychologically doing okay, but have a lot of physical illness unfolding. Um, and, you know, there is a very strong connection between mind and body. So obviously when you are physically unwell and it has been chronic, it does begin to affect your mood um, and there is a very strong correlation between emotional well-being and physical well-being as well. And then the third category of people that I see are the people that are mostly doing really well at life. They're, they're, quite, they're quite well adjusted. There's nothing major going on, but they either want to... Um, engage with me for support in performance enhancement, whether that is studies, whether that's sport, uh, public speaking I get a lot of, or people that are like CEOs managing large companies and, you know, they're having to deal with um, how do I deal with stress a little bit better, or they might have a particular issue, like they're well adjusted, they're happy, they're healthy, but they find that um, they they're really insecure in one particular aspect or in their life or they're constantly getting, you know, like a niggling pain or headache in a particular situation which might be anxiety or stress related, but they're quite high functioning. So those are mainly the, the three types of people or populations that I see. So it's quite, quite a large spectrum of um, illness to wellness. Mm -hmm. Which I think is nice because it shows the, you know, diversity of what, you know, you can actually do for, a you know, any group of people. Because I think naturally anyone is in that personal development, self-improvement field. But then also, obviously, especially with what's going on in the world, everyone's also sort of in the struggle mode. So I think that that's, you know, it's, it's rare to sort of see something like a... Um, you know, a, a treatment that can sort of um, span all sorts of people. Absolutely. And I think the important thing to consider when you are um, looking at, at a treatment modality that can actually benefit uh, large populations is the fact that um, it doesn't matter what life you've had Everyone has some kind of fear, everyone has some kind of limiting belief, everyone has something to work on that has happened in the past that is limiting their ability to either be happy or healthy or fulfilled. And this is where we kind of go, you know, the mind is such a vast ocean of, of collections of experiences and thoughts and personality gets developed around that. So... It's really a, a very fascinating area to work in because um, it responds to hypnosis in such a powerful way because you're dealing with that subconscious part of the mind and most people don't realize that 
about 95% of the programs that run your mind are in your subconscious mind. So, and this is one of the reasons why hypnosis works so incredibly well. Yeah, I, and I also think a lot of people, I mean, you probably see this as well, um, on a more professional setting, probably don't realize the amount of trauma that they do have or have experienced in their life because, you know, it's just sort of becoming normalized to verbalize about, you know, things like sexual assault and, you know, mental health, mental illness and, and sort of, you know, even in personal experience, I had no idea I had a lot of issues until like this year which is so wild to think, but I think for a lot of people, it's it takes time to understand, oh, I do have these issues and I do need to seek out something that will assist me in my daily life. Absolutely, absolutely. And look, in a society, I think we get, uh, we get socialized or pressured to either avoid feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or we distract ourselves with things like social media or socializing or, or we repress it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it's – and this is the way that, that people get socialized from a very young age to avoid, distract, repress. So then we arrive to adulthood and – when something as big as a pandemic that we're going through right now forces us to sit and be with ourselves, a lot of these demons, a lot of these traumas that we carry begin to rise to the surface. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are sort of going through a second, you know, realization, a second almost like... uh, coming of themselves and really reevaluating what on earth you know no matter what age it's almost like a midlife crisis of any age where you're like whoa wh- you know what has my life been like before what do I want it to look like and what has been impeding me you know to get to that next level and it could be something as simple as you know smoking because I, I know a lot of people and I, I've watched a podcast about someone that um used uh hypnosis to quit smoking which i'm sure you can speak on but um or it can be something as large as oh i had probably you know terrible trauma in my childhood let me try and get through this so i can live a more productive and fruitful life and it can be scary and i'm sure you have seen that right absolutely um and looks like with any type of addiction that's once again you know you're trying to connect to something which is a sensation or disconnect from a sensation that you no longer want to feel right Mm -hmm. um but those very on the surface coping mechanisms like smoking or or drinking right it's it's not going to the root cause and this is one of the reasons why i love hypnosis because it takes you to the root cause um so that you can begin to to really eradicate limiting beliefs and programs that are negatively impacting your life. So whenever you first started getting into hypnosis, whenever you were um, doing it for yourself, how long did it take or what was the process for you to really feel like, ah, this is working, this is something that I enjoy, this is something that I want to administer for other people what was sort of like that if it doesn't have to have a specific aha moment but what was sort of the trajectory of that so i think a couple of things were remarkable for me first of all um you know i i I come from from a migrant family We, we migrated from chile to australia and um we had a series of quite unfortunate um, events, you know, my mum got quite unwell and, and you know, there were a few tragedies that unfolded in the family, right? So uh, I had had my fair share of therapy and nothing was really shifting. You'd go, you'd talk about your problems, you might get some strategies, but 
it didn't really change the way that you felt and the, how, how triggered you felt by these things. And the first time I had hypnosis, I was so incredibly pleasantly surprised by how relaxed you become. So when you induce a hypnotic trance with a patient, you are essentially facilitating the process of them dropping into a different brainwave. And that brainwave is mainly theta brainwave. And when you're in theta, it's very similar to deep sleep. So your body relaxes. And that sense of relaxation is so... Um, it's so linked to feeling safe in your body that when you relax on that level, you realize how tense we generally are. So the first realization was how beautiful it is to be in a therapeutic space when I'm actually connected to my body in a relaxed state, which is essentially sending my brain the signal that I'm safe. Mm. Oh, that is so, that's so comforting. <laughs> Thinking that, yeah, yeah, your brain is able to, to do that. Is it along the same theory in that whenever you go into REM sleep, you are processing your trauma, you're processing your day, and your eyes are almost moving, doing that back and forth motion to sort of um, uh, deal with your, your stimuli in your life? Very similar. So, um, and that's one of that's one of the techniques that we get trained in when you become a hypnotherapist. You get trained in really reading a person's um, eye movement and muscle twitches in their face to kind of get an idea as to where they are at. Um, you know, your breathing slows down, your blood pressure goes down. So all of these things that allow the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and restore um, part of your nervous system, it allows that to be activated. So mm. just think about how powerful it can be to work on traumas and difficulties and limiting beliefs in a way that feels safe in your body. Because if you think about traditional therapy and there is a time and place for traditional therapy, absolutely. Um, but if you think about it, um, you get really triggered, right? So when mm -hmm. if I bring up a memory of something that is quite upsetting, I will most likely start feeling my heart racing. I'm going to start sweating. I'm going to start getting nervous. I might start getting uh, teary or upset or really angry, right? Mm-hmm. My body's reacting to these emotions and these memories. So the beautiful thing about, and look, everyone does hypnosis differently. I'm just going to talk about the way that I um, incorporate it in my therapy. The beautiful part of the way that I've developed my technique is that you are creating an association in your brain of being able to process negative experiences whilst activating a calm state in your body. So by doing this, you are creating the experience of feeling safe enough to process difficult emotions. Yeah, which, like you said, traditional therapy is not really known for because I think a lot of people will sign up for traditional therapy and be like oh this is going to be amazing I'm going to feel amazing when in reality a lot of it is so confronting and so abrupt and intense and triggering for lack of a better word and um and I think that that deters a lot of people from continuing because they go whoa 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 I don't like that feeling because it's scary and it's nice that, to know that there's something that's a little bit more gentle and sort of natural Again, I don't want to diss traditional therapy because it has a time and a place and you can come to... Absolutely. You know, like anything, if you get a fantastic therapist, it, you know, it might be confronting and it might be challenging, but um, the, the fantastic therapist is still going to um, guide you down a pathway where you, you will get a greater understanding of who you are, how you are responding to yourself, 
your triggers in life, right? Which is mm-hmm. valuable. You know, even if you learn that you don't like being triggered, that is still a valuable lesson to know, right? Because it all leads to getting to know yourself better. But with hypnosis, my aim is to be able to weaken the neural pathway of an association. So if a person comes to me for a fear of public speaking, for example, and I get them to imagine the last time that they had that experience and they got panicked and they blacked out or something, they're going to have a rush of emotions. They're going to start feeling anxious. They're going to start feeling stress. Their heart rate will increase. And by activating that memory, I'm reinforcing that neural pathway because they're most likely releasing stress chemicals like cortisol. Mm. And that is reinforcing that neural pathway. So if I get a person to go into a deep, relaxed state and I get them to visualize, imagine, for example, that you have... Um, I don't know, it could be um, that you are putting all of your negative thoughts, all of the anxiety you're carrying into a pebble, right? Mm-hmm. Feel the pebble getting heavier and you're, and I continue to reinforce, feel yourself feeling calmer as you are releasing all of this negativity, right? Mm-hmm. By doing that, you are allowing that pathway in the brain to be weak. Mm. right yeah yeah, no that makes sense because they're not getting triggered and by weakening that pathway then you take it an extra step further and i think this is where the real magic occurs you get them to fully visualize what it would be like for them to actually be in the situation that is challenging let's say public speaking in this case and to feel amazing feel yourself speaking easily gracefully with confidence and you feel amazing so then we do the opposite instead of reinforcing a pathway that is triggering in a negative way for them you are creating a new pathway that is activating all of these beautiful chemicals of feeling excited and joy in your your body is calm but you feel clear in your mind and they get excited they can genuinely feel it so then you begin to flood the the brain with the right chemicals oh okay that is so it's it's so common sense but also not at the same time if that makes sense and exactly. it's also it's almost like training a muscle absolutely and i say that to my, i say that to my patients all the time you have been training your muscle in a way that has been unconscious you've been aware, unaware of what you're doing mm-hmm. now we need to figure out what the goal is and the more you train it the more precise you are and the the more consistent you are with yourself, the better you're going to get so that you get to a point where that is your default functioning. Mm, yeah, so it's, it's so um, interesting because a lot of those, you know, those things are just truly like habits. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that like those making one change, it takes time. I mean, I think what it, the theory is that it takes no longer, it's no longer this 30 days to make a habit. It's now what, like 60 to 90 days. And so it, it takes time. And I think a lot of people get probably, you see this maybe frustrated because they like are want instant gratification because we're such an instant gratification society. And, um, those things probably do take time to sort of rewire essentially.
look, some people have one session and they're done. And generally those people have been the type of people that have tried everything and they are so willing to make a change that when you do go into, into hypnosis, your level of suggestibility to take on suggestions and changes increases significantly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because of the brainwave that you're in, in theta, you're learning um, is absorbed and embedded much, much quicker than when you are in an awake conscious state. Um, but it requires effort. It requires daily consistent practice. And I, I encourage all of my patients to, I say to them, it's almost like the hypnosis session is me giving you a gym program. I'm showing you how to use the machines for what type of outcome and muscles that you want to um, you know, improve. But if you don't go to the gym in between sessions, you're not going to get that much fitter, right? Yeah, it's so much of those things that the things that help us are often so simple and so obvious, but simply putting in the work, it's that's to have that self-motivation. Because I know, for example, personally, if I don't do yoga, you know, five days a week, if I don't meditate, you know, every day, I I know what's going to happen if I don't. And it's literally just up to you as an individual to, you know, show up and actually do the thing that you know you should be doing. Like you said, you can, you can give someone all the tools they, they could ever need, but if they don't do it, nothing's going to change. Mm-hmm. And can I ask you, why is it that you meditate every day? What's the benefit for you? Because meditation and hypnosis are, you know, they're relatives, they're cousins. Yeah, that was going to be one of my uh, next questions for you, uh, was what the, the the main difference is. But yeah, I meditate. Um, I honestly don't even, I probably should know more of the science behind it. But for me personally, it just, it makes me feel clearer. It makes me feel, I, you know, I'm someone that's naturally, you know, the name of my podcast is the Happiest Sad Person Podcast. So I, you know vacillate between those two emotions a lot and I feel much more even and in the middle and like balanced in the best possible way whenever I'm meditating right and why do you think that happens you know what I don't know and to be honest I you obviously probably have the insight in that but um I do think there is this moment of facing um, emotions in sort of, like you said, sort of in a, in a peaceful setting, in a non-judgmental setting. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. And I think in today's society where everyone is rushing and there's this push-pull relationship with life, very rarely do people actually take the time to just be still and connect to themselves. And I think that's why meditation and things like yoga have taken off so so um incredibly well because it does have that meditation aspect to it and so many people love that at the end of a yoga session because you know you stop and and you just are right you're Mm -hmm. just being in the present moment um where you can observe yourself from a different space yeah, and I think it's as simple as allowing yourself to stop. Because I, I think that I'm someone too, my brain is constantly moving. If I'm not thinking about what I'm doing now, I'm thinking about, you know, how I can be better, what I'm going to be doing next, what, you know, and obviously we want to be a more mindful, present person so we can actually enjoy our lives. And I think that it just simply reminds me it's like oh just just like exist today today is a great day to just be alive and be around and and you know enjoy yourself because no nothing beyond that is guaranteed and it's sort of like yeah it's it's a nice reminder for yourself and i think so many more people and i'm sure you would probably agree need that in their lives to just feel less like on edge Anything. And, you know, time is, is a man-made construct and mm-hmm. 
and I look at not only my patients but people in general uh, this fear, this worry, this anxiety, everything is either related to something that happened that they did or didn't do in the past or something they need to do in the future. So none of it is, has to do with what is actually unfolding right here, right now. Mm-hmm. And there's so... I think there's so much more we can do in the moment we live in that I don't think people realize. Like, we don't need to be constantly back in time you know upset about what's happened or planning for the future there's so much that can be done now and i I, just really i think a lot of people don't comprehend that as much as they should now in your go ahead I, i think part of that though is to do that from a very early age you just look at the education system right and everything is uh, goal-oriented, everything is future-oriented. Um, so I, I think it's it's an interesting way that when we get to adulthood, this is the way we've been conditioned, right? Yeah, I would agree. And I think, in I mean, probably in America and Australia, there's subtle differences, but I think America is like the perfect macrocosm for that because capitalism is so unhinged um the desire to succeed is mostly monetary and i think people don't um have an idea that happiness is you know maybe trumps having uh no pun intended with trumps um (laughs) having you know joy in their lives over maybe all these material possessions and a big bank account and for me i have just realized that within the past year um and and it's been such a rewarding change that I've made in my brain to be like, oh, I would much rather be happy and live a smaller life than be living this rat race, miserable existence and doing what everyone is doing and not feeling any of it and not having any connection to it and just like existing. And I'm fortunate enough and I recognize that I have privilege in being in a position to be able to do that. But um, I think that hopefully it will come in the change of culture. And I think that young people are realizing that, that there's more to life than, than simply a, a ton of money. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I 100% agree with you. And to add to that, I also think people underestimate the value of the invisible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the value of being present right here, right now, and being grateful and being calm and stepping into into joy and stepping into inspiration and all and and all of these un- things unfold with regular practice of meditation and um, other techniques like hypnosis allow you to be so much more present and grounded and mindful of who you are right now, that that's actually setting the pathway for a magnificent future. By being present, you are investing in your future because the more emotionally resilient you are, the more comfortable you are of um, your circumstances, accepting of them, the less resistance, the less push-pull, the greater sense of brain-heart harmony and um, energetic harmony that you are creating. So if this is the way that you begin to communicate and relate to life and the world, then life slowly begins to love you back, right? Yeah, and I mean, it's it, what the tale is, old of, as, tale is old as time. We're all just balls of energy, and our energy can be neither created nor destroyed, and you sort of want to have a, a tone of energy that's... Uh, that's more on the positive side than the negative side. But I mean, that's more of like a spiritual look at, and I don't think a lot of people think that way, but I think it would be beneficial if more people did. And that's why whenever I also, you're on here to discuss your book, um, which uh, is called Empowered Minds. And I love that you're melding sort of, 
you correct me if I'm wrong, but sort of East Coast, or I mean, Eastern philosophy, Western philosophy, um, more traditional approaches with more open-minded spiritual practices to sort of create a hybrid approach to mental health, wellness, um, being more well-rounded as a human being. Absolutely, absolutely. So that is um, spot on. Um, the book is due to be released in October, and it is definitely a combination of um, a lifelong journey of uh, exploring the world with this uh, need and desire for learning um, from ancient traditional shamans and healers from all types of lineages and and cultures and merging cutting-edge neuroscience and latest research in epigenetics and the latest research in positive psychology um, and states of flow and those kinds of things and really looking at life from a very holistic um, point of view because we we are more than a mind and we are more than a body and we are constantly engaging with the world and a lot of people are doing that in a way where they are very unconscious and asleep so part of my vision is that through the book people get to know themselves and life a little bit better and they can start to connect not only to a sense of healing um, and empowerment but also to the magic that life is because I think when we get so busy, we lose some of that. It's so beautiful to be able to find a way of really seeing the magic of what life is. And um, a lot of the ancient and indigenous cultures maintain that and as part of you know the power and beauty that they hold in their traditions, right? Absolutely. And I, I, um, I personally am someone, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a household that was a very open to that and I would go to a Chinese acupuncturist and do Chinese herbs and have the house blessed by you know different religious sects and and I feel like it made my life so much richer and it made my critical thinking skills better because I think that you know you can sort of uh, uh, be more open and not so easily manipulated by one specific you know ideology and I am also a lover of science. You know, I'm a firm, you know, believer in the beauty that is science and evolution. And so I think that putting those two together is such an important, important thing to, to, you know, discuss and also just sort of make more culturally acceptable. And you probably, you can speak on this, but you, um, grew up with, uh, you know, you're uh, from Chile, your family's from Chile. And so did you have that growing up as well, sort of like the multicultural openness? Um, it's very interesting because I, um, on one hand, I was born into quite a conservative family, but on the other hand, my parents were sort of, you know, um, was that hippies, I guess yeah. you could say. So... They were always very encouraging of me wanting to explore um, and I started to explore and travel the world from a fairly young age. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was always supported and I think because um, specifically my mother but also uh, several other family members really, really suffered from severe um, depression and one of my dear, dear aunties uh, who played a significant role in, in my upbringing suicided when I was 21. Mm. Um, I think my parents always really encouraged us to do whatever made us happy. And I think that's such an important thing that parents can do, um, that they can really encourage their children to find something that really makes their heart sing. And so I was very supported in my journey for exploring uh, this desire to see the world and to learn. I had this thirst of knowledge. I just wanted to learn from different cultures and um, I was always intrigued by different traditions. Um, 
So I was very blessed that I had really, really supportive parents. But on the flip side, I always, you know, recall my dad saying, um, you need to have a really strong foundation. So make sure that you get your university degree and add all of that other extra stuff as well so that you can really see the bigger picture, not just go either um, a traditional science or holistic medicine or, you know, ancient techniques that are mystical. Um, but I do feel that the world and the universe and the frequency of the earth is finding its own way of really merging um, ancient traditions with neuroscience and that that's a really, it's a really beautiful time to be alive right now to see that unfolding because you can see it um, in neuroscience conferences, people talking about meditation and what happens to the brain and some ancient traditions. You would have never have seen that 20 years ago. Yeah, those people probably would have been called just hippies, quacks, you know, they would have been been like, okay, sure, 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 whatever you say, but let's, you know, get back to, you know, neural pathways and serotonin and, you know, whatever else is going on in a, a conference like that. And I think this is going to be sort of the, you know, the next wave of almost like evolution of the human being. I think that we're going to sort of be able to combine the these two practices, the ancient and the and the new and hopefully create a higher functioning human being that's a little more at peace with itself. Because I think we're constantly warring with, you know, technology migrating to new, 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 but then also wanting to hold on to, you know, sort of an agrarian hunter-gatherer society. And I think people think that they have to choose between the two, when in actuality you can have both it's and it's all about finding that middle ground absolutely and i and i talk a lot about in my book about finding a sense of internal harmony mm -hmm. the more you know i talk about topics like forgiveness and love and living in accordance to your own values um really trying to take the time to figure out who you are and um and deciding, you know, at, at the beginning of my book, I say I finally, did, you know, got to the realization that um, I could be whoever I decided to be. I didn't need to be my family history, but it took more than not wanting to be something to change it, right? So mm -hmm. um, this is a book that will inspire people to go on that journey of self-discovery, to go on that journey of... Um, really looking at what it is that you carry and assessing who you are, who does your life represent values and um, and when it does you have that internal sense of harmony, you can engage with the world, you have so much more energy available to be present and to, and to show up in a way where your, your essence can come through you're not trying to pretend, you're not trying to compare yourself, you're not trying to, um, to, to please social norms. You are essentially just getting to a space where you honor yourself, right? And that's beautiful. Yeah, and I think a lot of people think that becoming yourself is going to be so much harder than it actually is. Because once you find, once you go through that process, and I think people are going to continually do that as you get older and life changes, priority changes. But once you find that sort of like kernel of who you are, it's almost like a weight has been lifted. You know, it's like Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the hill. It's like you finally actually do get to the top and you're able to take a little break and go, oh, this, this is who I am at this moment. And now I can share that with other people and just exist and be myself. And it's, I'm sure you've experienced, it's, it's a, such a sense of relief. And you're like, oh, it's okay to be myself. It feels beautiful. And really, like, if, if there's nothing else that you take away from listening to this, is when you realize that you come home to you, it is the most magnificent, beautiful feeling. And, and you carry that feeling with you. You, it's not external, it's not conditional, no one can take it away. And 
it's who you are. And then when you have the courage to show up to the world with that internal sense of harmony and peace and genuine love and acceptance of yourself, life unfolds in the most beautiful ways. And, you know, I, I'm living proof of, of I am not the person who I was, you know, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't like the person who I was 15 years ago. And and all of these practices, I've had such a profound level of transformation that part of, part of my desire is, and the message in my book is, if I can do it, anyone can. You just will have to want to create that space within you that is the most amazing space to be in. So that then everything else in life is a bonus. You're not relying on a relationship, on status, on a certain amount of money, on what someone says or someone doesn't say to feel good. You create that within you. It is inside you. It is part of who you are. And then life unfolds in really magical and beautiful ways. And there is no greater gift than to be happy and comfortable with who you are. Yeah, and it's the ultimate way to exist in this world and to give back wholly and sort of inspire other people to do the same and sort of be the best person you can be on this planet in this time, in my opinion. Because if you if you can't figure out what it is, the reason why you're supposed to be here and the reason to feel comfortable within yourself, you're going to fall into all the pitfalls and traps and negativity and and you're just going to be on that hamster wheel. And until you allow yourself to get off, I think, you know, like you've said, it's just going to be, you know, this sort of cyclical nature and you're not going to be able to feel that sort of peace and that feeling of being at home within yourself because really that's all you could be certain of is having that that knowledge of who you are. Absolutely, and abs- yeah. And look, having been on the completely different side of the spectrum, having been in a space where it's it's really very distressing to sit in your own skin and um, and sit with your thoughts and your feelings and the idea of who you think you are and how how uncomfortable that is and and um, using external things to distract, avoid, or repress, right? Mm-hmm. And then working through that and getting to the space, it's the most amazing investment that you can ever make. It really is um, to invest in yourself. And I've seen it in patients. I've seen patients transform from being triggered and traumatized and um, living a life that is filled with fear, living a life that is filled with struggle, nothing goes right for them to really a um, becoming responsible for you know the creation because we're constantly co-creating uh, and giving them skills and you know them being determined to really shed all of that trauma and limitation and then blossoming like really coming full circle mm-hmm. coming to the other side as people that you know, have genuinely said to me, my life has transformed. Um, And I I feel so incredibly honoured and privileged to be part of these people's lives that allow me to hold, you know, their most vulnerable parts and to, you know, show show them how to get back to themselves. Well, yeah, that's probably the best feeling in the world to be a part of someone's journey of self-discovery and because and it's also it's also such a large responsibility to sort of have somebody's sort of psyche in your hands in a lot of ways cuz you i mean you know you can do great things with that and i we've seen this you know you can shape someone's mind in wonderful ways and then there are things like cults that can you know turn people's minds to mush and so i think that's a i don't think people realize in a lot of ways when they're in a position of power or treating someone what sort of authority they have on that person and so it's so wonderful probably to you know have that ability and also be assisting somebody in in becoming themselves absolutely and that is 
one of the reasons why I urge people to find the right practitioner, find the right person that is reputable, that is professional, um, that is good at what they do. They, you know, it's because we do have, we do hold a huge responsibility and power, um, and this goes for any any profession in, in the health area. Um, you know, you hold huge amounts of power, and people can be very easily influenced, and they are vulnerable when they come to you. So you have to have the most amazing professionalism and ethics and morals, um, and which is why it's really important for therapists to do their own work. So mm-hmm. you know, so that they can be their best when they show up to handle these vulnerable bits that you know our precious patients and clients show up with. Absolutely. And so if you had to give advice for someone just starting out in the sphere of um, bettering their lives and, you know, there's someone that's not doing well physically, mentally, and has never branched out into any sort of self-help personal development, what would your first advice be for someone that's just at the beginning of their journey? what it is that you would like to achieve so that you know who to go to. A lot of people aren't clear. They're just stuck in that struggle mode, right? Mm -hmm. So being really clear gives you an indication as to which type of treatment modality, because there are many that are fantastic, which type of treatment modality will be the most um, appropriate for you. Uh, getting clear and getting really well educated, I would really encourage people um, to read amazing books that are already out there. Um, and some of my favorite authors are Dr. Joe Spencer, Dr. Bruce Lipton, um, and they talk a lot about you know releasing trauma through meditation techniques. They talk a lot about you know epigenetics, how your thoughts affect switching your genes on and off. Um, Dr. Um, Bessel van der Kolk is also very fantastic. He's in your country. Mm. Um, he talks a lot about you know how the trauma is stored in the body. Um, so educating yourself is always a really fantastic step. And then having clarity. And I think people underestimate their gut feeling. So the way that you feel with a professional when you go and see them and having that radar really clear is really important so that you actually feel safe. And I think it's a really unspoken part that is so essential to really good therapy. You need to feel safe. And everyone has a gut feeling in in a lot of research of... um, people that have been assaulted, Um, a lot of people say, I had a gut feeling I shouldn't have been here. I had a gut feeling that that person was a bit dodgy. You know, this is a time where we need to start to trust ourselves a little bit more. Um, So that's a really important aspect of getting to know how to tune into yourself and what you are feeling. Yeah, and I... I love that advice and I love the idea of trusting your gut because I'm sure like so many other people, you can think back on scenarios where you're like, oh, thank God I just listened to whatever, wherever that was coming from because that could have ended really poorly. Or you look back, I, and for myself as well, I think, wow, I should have just trusted myself because it was so clear and so obvious in that moment, but I just was, you know, I don't know what, it's almost like a self-sabotage or something like that. But Mm -hmm. I think that so many people also don't even know what their intuition is. I almost think that we've stifled ourselves down so, so much that I think people need to know and almost be taught again how to know what that, that alert is, know what that feeling is. 
so they can sort of be and aware of it. Really that's a really fantastic point. And one of the things that I really stress in my book is it's so important to create calmness. It's so important to create your ability to be in your body in a calm state because if you're constantly riddled with anxiety and fear and stress, you will be hyper alert, right? Mm-hmm. And so techniques like um, hypnotic meditations, which is one of the um, added bonuses that I have in my book, everyone that purchases the book has access to a hypnotic meditation. They're also on my website for purchasing. But any type of meditation is teaching you to be in your body in a calm state. The more you can do that, the clearer you will be in terms of reading your own internal environment and reading other people as well. That is so important and so great that you have that as um, as a resource. Um, so I definitely suggest checking that out. Um, now, whenever it comes to um, meditation, do you do... Um, I mean, not meditation. Oh my goodness. Um, hypnosis. Do you do virtual sessions or do you have to be in person? Because I know that some people do virtual or is there like a lack of efficiency with virtual? How does that work? Look, um, I've worked all over the world and as you know, when you, when you find someone that you really click with, you generally kind of want to stick to them. So I do have a, a small percentage of people that I still consult either over the phone or video consultations. Mm. And it works. It's a little bit like listening to a hypnotic meditation on audio. The way that you're using your words and the way that you are engaging with the person's subconscious mind, as long as someone can physically hear you, um, there will be a significant level of efficacy. When you are face-to-face with someone, there is a different, you know, it's about that um, invisible field that that you can sense, you know, there's, you can sense energy and there's, you know, probably a greater sense of rapport. So the experience in real life is obviously always going to be richer because we have that sense of connectedness that is so much more profound in real life. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't take away the efficacy. And a lot of the success that I had um, in my own healing journey was in my early 20s. I listened to everything and anything that I could get my hands on that was reputable um, in terms of reprogramming my mind. So I supplemented any type of therapy that I was getting with daily hypnotic meditations because I wanted to reprogram my mind in a way that it would work for me, not that I was just doomed by the programs and the experiences that I'd had in earlier life. Mm. So it's definitely effective. Okay, that's so great that it sort of transcends... You know, especially now where I think people are so in need of almost some self-soothing um, things in their life with, you know, especially in the United States. I think we're really struggling right now as, as a population, as a country, as a, you know, as an everything. And so I think that that's so great that it sort of transcends boundaries. I mean, it truly is the concept of, you know, the earth is flat. You know, we can, you know, sort of get get this wonderful thing sort of anywhere. Um, Absolutely. Now we're approaching the hour mark. So I'm going to ask you, I never know how to um, end a podcast. I'm still in the process of figuring that out. But I loved how you said you were in such a different place 15 years ago. You were in your sort of own renaissance of of life and so sorry that's a truck driving past um if you can hear that um so what would be something that you would tell yourself 15 years ago to sort of reassure 
reassure that person that that you were going to come come through okay i think the belief that whatever you put your mind to and your i think it's the alignment of putting your mind towards working for something and knowing deep in your heart that you deserve better and that you can create that change unwavering faith I, I would really reassure my younger self that just keep going you, a lot of the times you're doing the work you don't see the, the, the effects and you just keep going you know that every training session you're making your muscles stronger you might not lose weight you might not see the changes straight away you might not see the muscles getting bigger but you know that every training session is getting you to the place you want to get to the same with the mind every hypnotic meditation whether it's a fantastic one or a mediocre one it's improving your mind when you align to the vision of who you deserve to be and you know that regardless of the experiences you've had when you align intention and heart and consistent practice you get there it's just a magic formula you just you just get there Oh, I love that. You just get there. That's such a, <laughs> that's, I don't know, as the writer in me, that's like the ending of like a, uh, the, the Hobbit or something. I, I love that. Um, so profound yet so simple. Um, that shows like the, how much of a nerd I am. Um, that is, I could talk to you all day. I, um, I wasn't sure how this was going to go because again, like I said, I, um, you know, it's in, in, in an international interview and all those sorts of things, but I feel like I don't know. We're like kindred spirits <laughs> across many ponds. I so loved talking to you, and, <laughs> and it's it gives me no greater joy than to talk and really inspire people. Like genuinely, if if I can do it, anyone can. There is absolutely nothing special about what I've done. I've truly aligned to to a greater purpose. To knowing that I didn't want to end up the way some family members ended up and um, and having the right skills and just knowing how to move forwards and then just being consistent, you know, and you will get there. <laughs> exactly. And I think that it's, um, you don't need to be self-deprecating because I say the same thing. I'm always like, you know, if I can do it, anyone can. And it's more just like giving um, reassurance to the other person, like, hey, no matter where you are in life, things can always be better and things things are possible. And so I, I love that. Now, promo away, your book is coming out in October and I am so excited to read it. And I want to have you on again, if you would be willing, and we can have more of an in-depth discussion on more of your travels and and then more of the book and those sorts of things. But promo away. So I would be absolutely honored to come back again. Um, the book is being released in uh, late October. And the, the best way for you to sign up is to go onto my website, which there'll be a link, I'm sure. I will link, podcast. yeah, everything below in the description. And I Beautiful. Yes. So if people go jump on my website, they can subscribe, they can download um, a workbook that will start your healing journey straight away. And that workbook has all of the beautiful essence, the main points of the book um, with exercises. And you will also be kept up to date with the release, uh, with the launch date. There will be launch week specials. Um, there will most likely be um, a meditation coming out soon that people can access as well and um, you can be kept up to date. So um, people can jump on the website, they can have a look, they can email me if they want to ask any questions, um, if they want to book an online session, that's all set up on the website. Um, and there are a couple of hypnotic meditations. I currently have one in Spanish oh, wow. and in English. Um, so they're available on the website for people and they're only 20 Australian dollars, which I believe is something like 13 US. So it's not a huge investment. My, my aim with this is to make it as accessible 
to most people. Um, but if people purchase the book, they get access um, to that um, meditation that's currently on there for free. So if people want to wait until then, that's also um, okay. There will be more meditations coming out later in October as well. Um, but yeah, like this is about making the world a better place. If everyone improves themselves, everyone is going to improve their community and we have this beautiful ripple effect. I love that. And I am so excited to uh, get involved with all this. And I um, I uh, think I might be booking some sessions with you because I think this is going to be some wonderful uh, content as well. I'm, th- I'm thinking this could be a series of me uh, documenting my, uh, my experience with all of this because I-, I find it fascinating. And I haven't done it in... Like I said, I, I uh, did hypnosis when I was very, very young, but I don't even remember it. So I am, I'm excited to uh, to try it all out as a as an adult. Beautiful. All right, you well, get excited. Anything to do with like going into the depths of your mind to make it even more amazing is exciting. Exactly, it's it's uh, exciting, scary, thrilling all at once. But I think that's the that's the best combination of emotions. I think uh, I'm I'm a lover of having all emotions at once. So I'm uh, I'm excited for it. And um, yeah, for all those listening, please, please, I will have all the information down below, linked uh, in the description. And um, for anyone listening on um, any other podcasting website, uh, the links will also be in the description of the episode. And um, feel free to email any questions, concerns, requests, um, anything like that at 11jacobsa at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and uh, have a great rest of your day.